0: Hello and welcome everybody to Mountain Peaks Theology. Now, I don't want to take too much of your time because this episode is lengthier than most. I just wanted to greet you, um, let you know that we are sitting down with um, a friend of mine named Carly Andelin. She is a leader in our local congregation, uh, what we refer to as a ward. And we're going to have a conversation about certain selections from Psalms and Proverbs. Another major thing, there will not be any more episodes the rest of this month. The next episode will be released on September 11th, and there will be one more unofficial episode released in September detailing what the rest of Season 2 of 2022 is going to look like. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode. I said, everyone, welcome back to Mountain Peaks Theology. We give a great, great warm welcome to Carly Andelin. She is uh, our special guest today. She is also a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and within our ward or congregation, however you'd like to call it, she has a calling with the young women, uh, but I'm not going to steal her thunder. Carly, could you um, introduce yourself a bit to to our audience here? Yeah,
1: Sure. Uh, yes, I am one of Alma's neighbors. We attend the same ward congregation and I get to have the opportunity to serve within our ward with the young women, uh, the girls ages, uh, let's see, about 11 to 18. And I love it. I've just been doing that just this year. Um Within our church, we just get the opportunity to serve in all kinds of age groups and different ways. And this one is a lot of work, but very enjoyable to be able to be with the the youth um, of today. They're they're amazing, and anyways, keeps me up top of my toes and keeps me feeling young. <laughs> but besides that, I have a family of four kids. My husband, Mike, and I, we, uh, let's see, we've been here in Utah for how long? I don't know. Since our BYU days, last 20 years or so, and I really enjoyed here in Utah and uh, grew up outside of Utah. So it was a different, in Washington State, different different culture and things outside of Utah, but we love Utah. It's a great place to raise our family and a lot of good values here that, uh, yeah, that we enjoy. So, and we love the outdoors. Our family's big into hiking, camping, um, all those kinds of things. We So we really enjoy this state and have explored lots of places and had lots of good experiences and uh, adventures together. So there's, yeah, there's a little bit about, about us, so
0: about me. That's great, Carly. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, everybody, uh, w- you are all here to listen to Carly today. You're not here to listen to me at all, one bit. <laughs> I'll give my two cents um, on our topic today. But I'm I I feel very privileged to have this conversation specifically with Carly. Uh, As I prepped and studied for our time, I couldn't help but feel that these chapters that we're going to be reviewing and discussing with you all today um, are so interconnected. Um, They're so pieced together in in such a way that I think there's a whole message here. And we're not going to be able to go through all of it, and there's much Much more that you could dive into it than we are going to today. But um, as Carly and I talk today, I would like you all to think about four different questions. And these are questions for you guys to consider um, in your own studies. But first, why are we focusing on these specific set of scriptures? Second, how do we change based on these verses? Third, what do these verses mean to me, you, the individual? And fourth, what is it that God wants me to know and do based on these verses? So we're not gonna get the I don't know, I guess the the roots of what a psalm is or what a proverb is, but in a really kid like terms, and I'm not sure if you would agree with me, Carly, I feel like a psalm is very much a human thing. A psalm is very much a poem something that we're trying to speak out of our own selves. That's why I refer to it as human. And for some reason to me, Proverbs is the old wise man or woman that we eventually want to be and want to impart wisdom. That's how I distinguish the two in the easiest ways. I'm not sure how you would describe them.
1: Yes. I would actually agree with you on everything that you said. Yes. I feel like a a Psalm has also has like a a song like part to it for some reason to me like they could be lyrics to a song even and proverbs just like what you said i feel like there's proverbs you can just find any page within proverbs and there's so many it's so rich of wisdom and so many great one liners you know that you can pull out and just ponder about it for you know, days, years, um, so so much good stuff in the scriptures.
0: And very well said that there's just so much good stuff. So let's let's get started here. If uh, I believe we're both going to be using the King James version, um, depending on who I'm interviewing, there there may be multiple versions used. But this time around, mm-hmm. at least for myself, I'm using the King James version. We're going to go to Psalms 37. And then we're going to turn to Psalms fifty-one. There's going to be a selection of verses that we'll peruse, and Carly will teach us. Of course, I will sit here and listen. Um, but let's let's start off with this particular psalm. It may come across as a proverb, but I think more than anything, it's something David is saying based on he himself learning a lesson. And I think this is a lesson that doesn't tend to stick. uh, Because if it would have stuck, I think we'd all be in Zion right now. But let's start with verse 3. And I'll read that, and then I'll have uh, Carly share some stuff about it as we go along. Verse 3 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land. And verily thou shalt be fed. So if you don't mind reading verse four and five, Carly, and then from there we we can we can exchange some thoughts.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, starting in verse four: Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. So I, I've been thinking about that word trust a lot, you know, as I have served and am serving in the youth within, you know, my congregation and the theme, you know, within our church, we have a theme that is a worldwide theme. And this year it talks about trust. It's actually in Proverbs three, which we possibly may be going over today, but I see a lot of ties with this Psalm and then also the theme of trust that is found in Proverbs three. And, um, I think this is definitely something that we have to learn for ourselves to know what exactly does it look like in my own life to trust the Lord? Um, You know, I love verse four, and he shall give thee desires of thine heart, delighting in the Lord, trusting in him. Um, Trust, I feel like, has definitely kind of goes along with, or it should at least be a joyful thing. You know, sometimes it's hard when we just have our own thoughts of, that we want our life to go a certain way, or we want to go in this direction, and we are kind of stubborn and just, I'm just going to do it because this is what I want. But trusting in the Lord is much different from that. It, I think it, in order to really trust in God, it forces us to set aside our own pride, our own just stubbornness, for lack of a better word, um, and have to humble ourselves enough to seek God and ask him, what do you want for me? I may want this, but what do you want for me? And, you know, in verse three, trust in the Lord and do good. You'll dwell in the land verily, you should be fed. You know, back then, how they had physically, how they ate and were provided for. It was from their working in the land. And, you know, we tell our kids, you know, we studied scriptures, everybody was farmers. <laughs> you had to, or you, or by trade, you know, different things, but it's not like how we live today that you can just hop on over to the store and pick up whatever you want. It's so easy, but they had to work really hard. And so, that was definitely in the forefront of their their just everyday life of is there going to be food are we going to be fed and i love that thought that if you trust in god like your your needs will be met and it's a comforting thought i don't know what do you think elma
0: well i, I like I like the phrase, the word, the Lord works in mysterious ways. And so you, you've you highlighted the word trust and you've highlighted the word delight. Um, but it's interesting that you can't do either of those. You can't feel like you're actually going along with what the Lord is saying unless you commit to it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So there's the trust part that's hard within itself. Mm-hmm. And there's the commitment part of that trust. And so for me, I think that's where we, at least I, get really stuck. Because in my own life, like you were talking about, we want to do it our own way. But if we just do it his way, then everything's going to work out. Mm-hmm. So that if then statement if you trust, if you delight, And if you commit, then our heart's desires will come through. Mm -hmm. Then um, all things shall come to pass. Then we're going to be led by righteousness and light. And we're going to be able to rest, as it says in verse 7, rest Mm -hmm. in the Lord. But then there's the next part. And wait patiently for him. (laughs) So there is this keen idea that the trust is deeper than we think. I, I think we've had this mm-hmm. kind of conversation in church a few weeks ago about understanding, um, words in the scriptures, and we're going to get really into Proverbs verses, but the word fear can mean fear, but it can also mean this deep respect, this kind of deep kind of trust towards God. And that's difficult in some ways, Because he, while he is so close, he is yet so far. Mm -hmm. And with our human brains, we don't understand his ways. We don't understand how his time works. So we're impatient in some ways by nature. And so we have to, at least what I see David is teaching us here through the spirit, is that we need to overcome that nature. We need to become patient.
1: Yes, I agree. I have I've thought about that phrase or those words a lot um, in recent years. Waiting patiently, you know what? How we wait patiently. You know, I wait for my children. I wait for them to learn a lesson I'm trying to teach them. We wait in the car for the late person that is yet to come out, or we wait in line and try to manage ourselves to not allow our emotions to get the better of us and just wait. But as I've thought about waiting patiently on the Lord, it's similar, but then also very different waiting patiently on the Lord. To me, as I've learned, it's, it's not a passive thing at all. It's not, I'll sit here and wait for this to happen. It's very much an active thing. Um, in verse five, when you're talking about commit, commit is that's us showing faith. I'm committed to this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to show you Lord that I, I want your will so bad. I'm willing to do whatever I need and waiting patiently is you don't sit there and wait for it to happen, but you keep having, um, patience and trust in God as you see the process unfold and it may take longer than you want it to happen but you still our time is not god's time and waiting patiently you just can't give up you have to keep committing to him always turning to him and it may you know i like the rest of that verse waiting patiently for him fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. You know, sometimes we think, well, look at this person. You know, we compare ourselves to others. They seem so successful or, you know, fill in the blank. Uh, and they aren't, a, you know, a God-fearing person or trying to live righteously and in, in some way or another. Um, how are they prospering? Why am I not receiving the same? rewards. Um, But I like that, you know, he uses the word fret a lot, which, you know, has a definitely a, I feel like a way for us to think about that in a modern way that can actually apply here. Like, stop worrying about it. Stop being so focused on teeny details that are trivial and don't really matter that much. Um, What really matters is just trust God, just trust him, believe in the process that he has your best interest in mind and will help give you the best outcome that you could even imagine for what you're experiencing in life. Um, So, yeah, I, I want to somehow teach that to my children when, you know, in the scriptures waiting patiently, it's not a sit around. It's not an idle thing. It's very much, an active, faithful process.
0: I, I, I tend to agree with that, especially, and I'm not sure if there's some verses in between that you would like to point to, but I like how, what you just said about that it's an action-based thing. It's not sitting in the corner hoping Mm -hmm. for something to happen because in verses 23 and 24, and I'll read them aloud here. It says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he should not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. And so there's these action-based words in these verses, and I'm not saying that's mm-hmm. intentional, but mm-hmm. the steps, the actions. You could we could play a lot of wordplay here with the scriptures and just say the works of a good man, you know, and or a good woman. And so works can mean service, can mean uh I got up and said my prayer, I or kneeled I guess, I got up and went to church, I went and got my job done regardless of the outcome all these things are ordered and I would also say numbered and God helps us along the way, this is all action we're not sitting around, God doesn't want us to sit around, except maybe on Sunday we can sit down for a little <laughs> bit um, but then 24, and I'm a big superhero guy, so there's this there's this idea about falling and it's used in a lot of movies and all those kinds of things but why do we fall is a quote that we have from a particular movie and it's to learn to get ourselves back up and so this this mortal space that i'd like you to uh, that i'd like you to talk about more um if you can carly is we were told that it was a probationary our uh, faith um faith believes is that right now we're doing we're in this time where it's very much action based. we it's very much work, 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 work. It's very much we're gonna we're gonna have to get down on our knees a lot. We're gonna mess up a lot, but that doesn't mean that there isn't hope. But I just wondered if you could connect those two ideas together for us.
1: Yes, I I think about that a lot. You know, with within our faith, we have a a definite picture of well maybe not specific but we know we had some existence before we came we're experiencing things now we have a hope of a future that will come and i like to think of the life we have right now that we are experiencing is like a classroom instead of did i pass the test or did i not the the purpose in our existence now on earth is to help ourselves to become to become to become more like god and the experiences we have help us get to that massive goal that seems totally unreachable but all the things we experience now help us to get there and hopefully we look at it as a learning experience I just had a good conversation with uh, one of my friends today at a young women's activity and about failing. And, you know, we, we think we're scared of failure of falling down of something not going well. Oh, I regret that. I wish that didn't happen, you know, whatever, but looking at it from a, there's a better way to look at it rather than, regret, and I wish I would have done something differently. Instead, I try to remind myself, God is trying to teach me a lesson right now. What is it that I need to learn from this? And then I'm including him through this whole process of learning and seeking him and studying. And when I have that kind of a thought process, it's, um, I, I'm better in tune with him and I can learn lessons faster and it it allows me to be taught like, you know, in, in like a classroom setting, almost in a way, if, if you want to think of it that way, but God, what do you, what do I need to learn and what, what could I improve on and do better? So really in essence, we don't ever fail when we fall we are actually either succeeding in a way or we're learning a lesson so either way it's a win-win and we have god on our side if we're turning to him and he's always going we're always going to succeed with god um i don't know if that was kind of connecting the ideas that you were referring to about falling but God is our strength. God is going with his hand is going to help us as we are struggling and as we're, we feel like we're failing and falling. Um, I love that, that God keeps helping us, reminding us, I'm with you. I can help you as you do this. You're not alone. It's just throughout all of scripture and especially in the Bible and the Old Testament through, uh, as he talks about his, you know, covenant people of Israel there, it is so full of promises that he has, he's trying to help his people see whether they are following him or not, that he said, if you do this, I will bless you. I will carry you. I will lift you up. You know, I I love that because that helps me also, you know, in my own personal life, my connection with God to know everything is going to be okay if I just, just trust in him, just keep trying, he'll help me get through anything.
0: I, I think that was wonderfully put. I wasn't looking for like a specific answer, but I think it, I think it ties everything that you're referring to. I love the classroom idea. Um, and I think it goes along with, with the movie quote I was referring to about, you know, learning to get back up because God is on our side. And as you were talking, Carly, I don't know if you've heard this before. I, I I don't claim this story as mine. I wish I wrote it. Um, I probably maybe not make a lot of money of it, but people quote it a lot. But I remember, and this is one of my few memories I have of seminary. You probably have a lot more than you, than I do. Um, but someone, I don't remember if it was the teacher or a student read something, but there was this story about an individual, you can put who it is, um, which is going through a really tough time. And the setting was a beach and an ocean. And you could see these, um, the footsteps in the sand and and they would go on and on and on and on. And this individual is having a conversation with, with, with the Lord. And, the person says to the Lord, how, how, how could you have not been there for me? Um, all these things that you could say to, to, to our God. And lovingly, the Lord responds in this very tender way. At least this is how I imagined it. He says, don't you remember? I was carrying you the entire time. So those footsteps mm-hmm. in the sand were God's footsteps. He, was, he has us in, our, in his arms. Um, and so I, when you were speaking, that's the imagery that came to my mind, and especially as we tied into Psalm 51. And so there are things here that, that I would like to point to, but since mo- most, if not all of these selections were things that, that you've been pondering about, um, as we segue into this transition, thinking about everything we just talked about, the story that, that I've just proposed, what is it about Psalm 51 that is just personified in, in our current conversation? Mm.
1: I love Psalm 51. I have been thinking about this particular Psalm um, and David specifically, you know, his story of, you know, you think of we grow up the story of him and Goliath and how amazing that is, his kind of faith that he had. And David was an incredible man. And did so much good, you know, and then we later on down the road in the Bible, then he, we learn about the story of him and Bathsheba. And then we kind of just turn him into, it's like a black and white kind of way of thinking that, oh, David was so evil. He did so many bad things. And we kind of just leave on that note. And I've kind of thought of that, like, you know, in a a simpler mentality growing up before I feel like I've had a greater desire to search the scriptures in recent years. And as I've thought more about his story and then I read Psalm 51, it just, it's so tender and so humble. The position he is in and he is just, it's like he he gives us a little bit of insight into his heart, of of his desire for redemption within the Savior and his atonement, and it it just it made me just think, oh my goodness, God God loves David as much as he does everyone, and yes, David made some poor decisions some pretty serious mistakes and especially from his position as king but he it shows that his potential and his desire and aching for love from god to redeem him to clean cleanse him from his sins it's just it's it's nice to hear that, that, you know what? God loves him and wants to help him. He still wants God. You know, even good people make mistakes. We, in in the end, we all, we're all sinners. We're all bad <laughs> to some degree. But it doesn't hardly matter what that degree is as long as we want the savior and we believe in his power to redeem us and wanting nothing else and giving our heart to him and i just love there's so many lines from the psalm that i love it's it's hard to pick any out i read a few to my family i don't know a couple of days ago and i don't know that they quite were was, was enthralled with it <laughs> as i was but um yeah. So what, what sticks out to you, Alma, from this Psalm?
0: Well, a uh, quick, quick uh, side tangent, um, just about how you're talking about how we grow up and we think about David a certain way. And then when we get older, or when we get through different chapters in the Bible, we learn a different side of, of David and you get stuck with this stigma about mm-hmm. David. And I wanted to touch on that and agree with you. But then a few years back, someone, a really cool professor from BYU highlighted the fact that um, this, this, the, the lineage of uh, Jesus's adopted mortal father, Joseph, comes from these two, David and Bathsheba. And that, to me, I thought that was a pivotal moment in my learning and understanding of, yes, there were mistakes made and things should not have happened. But because of this incident and because of the, the ownership of what happened, here comes you know the true heir to the throne way down the line. And if this would not have happened, of course, God would have figured out a different way. But this is the line which, in which Christ's um, mortal lineage comes from. I just wanted to put that out there, just going off of what you were talking about there. Um, but what sticks out to me is i don't like it when i hear people saying that david's fate is set um because i feel i feel and i hope this isn't too vulnerable to say but i feel like we all feel like david mm-hmm. or at least i think we should because he just starts off so tenderly have mercy upon me oh god mm-hmm. and i can i can i can picture Elder Jeffrey R. Holland in a in a recent um video that the church produced uh where he talks about that God loves the world so much that he gave his only son for Elder Holland, you know, for me, for you, for um anyone at the at the tip of, of this blue planet of ours, have mercy upon me. And to me, this isn't just a plea. This, just, this isn't just asking for forgiveness of sin. This is, I'm in desperate need of your love and your companionship because I am a sinner. And the only way I can make it back home is through you. As you blot out my transgressions, as you wash me and cleanse me, and then he acknowledges himself. You know, I, I what sticks out to me from this psalm is that it's it's everybody's psalm. It can be at our worst and it can be at our best because we, we can't do it. That's another seminary lesson that I remember our, our teacher put like a goalpost and kept saying like, yeah, you can't pass this goalpost. You can only go through it if, if Jesus is there. You know, I'm 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 making I'm poking fun. But that it's that's how I feel about mm-hmm. Psalm 51. I'm not sure if you want to add anything.
1: I completely agree. I think we all have to have these moments in our life, this awakening within ourselves of our our sin and how we fall short of the glory of God. I love, I think of also scripture within the book of Mormon about, can you sing the song of redeeming love now, like all the time in your life, always that reminder, you know what? I can't get anywhere without God. I can't live a day without him, without his mercy, without his atonement and his goodness and if and if we're not kind of in that mindset i feel like a lot then we get too proud and we think we don't need him but yes i love that i think psalm 51 is such a good reminder to us individually that we we can and should connect with something from that 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 the realizing we are nothing without God, without our savior. And it, it, it has to come from a place of humility. And I hope we all can have those awakening moments in our life. Um, whether, you know, de- they could be large or small mistakes, but just having to constantly rely on God that, you know, I'm trying to strip the natural man for me. It is so hard, but I I can't do it without without him. Anyways, definitely one of my favorite Psalms.
0: I love it. I think it's I think it was a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just just adding and I, this is kind of where I want to close off this section before we go uh, into a different section. But Proverbs three, I think, goes really well with these two Psalms. Um and like you said, there's just these amazing one liners. I can I can pick one out of the blue and it it'll like I don't know, maybe I should pick something that'll sound good. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. I mean, that's a good, mm-hmm. really good one liner. <laughs> um mm-hmm. but the but they're so tied together, like you said, and it, so shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of god and man and then you get the very famous verses this is one of my grandfather's favorite verses trust in the lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding i feel like we've just spoken about that and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. i feel like we've also just spoken to that and be not wise in thine own eyes fear the lord and depart from evil i feel that the, these messages just tied together. Is there anything from Proverbs 3 that you would want to either add to our current conversation or um, bring anew for a new understanding?
1: I, one really quick that stuck out to me was verse 11. My son despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. Uh, and then verse 12, for whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. I love that. And we're, you know, we've talked to our kids about that recently about chastening and not being too proud to accept correction and advice. It's, it's a good thing, especially if it comes through the spirit through that, you know, it comes through God. It's so different. You know, when, when you learn how to communicate in the voice of the spirit, you understand best how, how you hear his voice, what it sounds like, what it feels like all these things. And there's no way to know this until you can experience it and practice it. But when you receive a correction through the spirit, it is it's not condescending or unkind or, you know, any malice behind that. It's very loving and, and it's like encouraging. I remember those like specific times in my life where I've received correction and it was times that I needed to hear it and I, I didn't feel worse about myself that woe is me, I I can't do this right. I keep making this mistake. But it was just, it came with so much love. And I I hope I don't ever get to a place in my life where I can't handle being chastened from the Lord and receive correction, you know, even be weary. I think it it can be taken with in so much of a positive, uplifting, encouraging, and motivating way if if you're not caught up with too much pride in your life. but probably if you're uh, you know too just caught up in your own ways, you're probably not even wanting to hear his voice. so <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, i I loved that. we We talked to our kids about about this that be you know respectful enough when you need correction take it um we all make mistakes mistakes are part of life and um we shouldn't be down on ourselves or be angry if we need to get that correction so anyways i don't need to talk too much about that but but i liked those verses too
0: i think that's great i think that's a good uh way to end that section of of learning. Um, Overcoming faith having trust and even having trust in those corrections that God can give us, so I think mm-hmm. that's I think that's great so Carly, are you ready for this? Yes <laughs> um, I apologize to anyone who wants us to focus on the verses before this section. I feel like a lot of people know what this next section is. It's quoted a done. I don't have much to say about verses one through nine, but yeah, I feel so like there's, <laughs> I feel like there's a lot to say about verses 10 through 31. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me, let me begin by, by saying this. I, I, when it comes to uh, this podcast, um, this podcast is not a podcast for Bible bashing, not this is what we're going to do or anything. I am totally okay with people agreeing or disagreeing with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I have a really hard time with is, is when politics get mixed with church stuff. And mm-hmm. so um, I'm not trying to put politics in this. I just want to set some kind of context before I give my first thoughts on verse 10 and I, and I want to kind of go through each verse time permitting. Um, but we're, we're growing up and I, I, I would incl- include you in this uh, as well, Carly, cause you're super young too. Um, we're, we're, we're in this weird time, in my opinion, where there are these hard topics of toxic masculinity or, women are set to a certain standard and if they don't fit that standard, they're then they're not true women, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I f- don't know besides maybe purity culture and the false traditions of, of fathers and stuff like that, or why that seeps so much in a, a lot, lot of, of the things, things that we do and a lot of the things that we believe. And so mm-hmm. I, I hope that w- when people listen to this portion of the episode they're not they don't try to interpret what I'm trying to say is that that's true or that's what we're going to talk about no no I I want to get rid of that um idea as we talk about these verses cuz to me I feel like if I could sit down with someone who completely disagrees with what I just said and that women need to live to a certain standard they're going to pull out proverbs 31 verses 10 through 31 and say this this right here this <laughs> is the 10 commandments for for anyone who wants to be virtuous and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. if in any way I have offended anyone, I apologize here and now. But, and, and I'm not necessarily trying to disagree with the person. My honest response to the person is, let's take great care into the beautiful creation that God gave us on the sixth day if we, or this period of time, which was his children, men and women men and women um, a man can be without the woman woman without the man this is if you're a religious person specifically when it comes to these kinds of things that verse should be very pertinent when you read anything concerning men and women in the scriptures especially when you get to paul but we're not going to talk about paul right now i'm Mm -hmm. a new testament buff and so i love the new testament um but with that being said i'm not sure what you're thinking uh right now carly but when I read verse ten in preparation for for our conversation today, these were the thoughts that were coming into my mind, pouring in. I was like, "Oh no, 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 no! Uh, absolutely not! That's 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 what I want to avoid, because it says right here, first sentence: Who can find a virtuous woman, for her price is far above rubies?" And so, for me, instantly I thought, "Ah, oh, it's a great question, because if you don't fit the whole description, then you." Kind mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um which women are one of a kind but i love how we just need to really study the verses and uh, i'll do the whole tie flip thing right now but i'm not wearing a tie i find the word virtuous outstanding i don't mm-hmm. care which king james greek philosopher translated this verse um but virtuous is i feel like it could be misread not mm-hmm. misinterpreted because everyone is keen to their interpretation, but virtuous, I think right away, I think of something that happened to Christ in the New Testament. Here I go again, uh, drifting off into my New Testament ways. Virtue is power, virtue mm-hmm. is beauty, virtue is, and I don't want to get struck down with lightning, but I believe virtue is godliness. And in no way am I trying to escape some definitions, but I don't think that means perfect or lives to a certain degree or doesn't wear many bracelets or whatever you want to put. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think people can get the gist of what I'm trying to say when it comes to women in general. But who can find a powerful woman, a woman of godly – Traits, I to me that's how it starts off for me, and that's why her price is far above all the riches in the world. But because you are a woman, I want to get your understanding <laughs> as we go through this, and just just talk to me about my whole five minute spiel there as as we keep going down.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree with the things you said so. <clears throat> Yeah. Do you want to go through each one by one, or how do you want to?
0: Yeah, let's let's go start. one by now. Yeah, you start.
1: Okay. So you want me to read? You verse can start 10 with verse
0: ten. Skip? Yes, start with verse okay. ten. My my spiel went. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? I love this verse. I agree with you on virtue and virtuous. It is such a good word. I, when I think of virtuous, I, I think a lot about the integrity and honesty within ourselves, you know, within women that I think innately we have, we have a sense of what is good and right and what is godly and if a woman is virtuous she is she knows where her strength comes from and she's morally strong she seeks pure purity good things it's a place of strength in where she finds truth and what her value is i have so many thoughts about this and i've thought about and how it relates to women today and you know what the world looks at as a strong powerful woman and what god thinks of as a strong powerful woman and they're very different pictures and i want to help women be a force for good to help women See their value and the goodness that they have, and where to find it. Because I think when you know what what your value is and where you where it comes from, it'll change your life, and you'll you'll never be the same. So, anyways, we could keep going if we wanted to go three first. (laughs) We should keep
0: going. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I, I I just. It's, it's, that it, I keep using the same word, but it's, it's outstanding to me. It's extraordinary to me just how powerful the scriptures are. And if you could just stay on one verse, you could spend three hours on just one yeah. verse. So yeah. maybe, maybe in the future we can have that kind of conversation. <laughs> um, but I think 11 and 12 go together, to be honest. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. And so while I love, uh, the Bible and theology, um, I'm not going to focus too much on interpretation because I think that goes too much into opinion because I'm not um, mm-hmm. a scholar um, 100% through and through. But to me, what I want to just focus on here is that there's there's this ability faithful, and that goes both ways. Um, I know this is very much saying uh, on the woman here, but I think it goes both ways um the trust is evident the faithfulness is evident and they need to do each other good for the rest of their life because um according to our belief and and I hope it's it's a belief that everyone can can learn for themselves is we're together for eternity and so i i think we would want and i believe we would want for someone to be good to us for all of our life and for all of eternity. But that's mm-hmm. that's my thought, my two cents for those two verses.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. The I think I try to think of it more in a uh, trust, loyalty, that union with, you know, husband and wife is so good. And it's such a side by side thing and not uh, the woman has to be this. Yeah, we could go off on different opinions on that but but yes that that loyalty is so can be so good and such a such a strength in a marriage so i yes i like that okay the maybe we go to the next verse she seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands um i like that verse Of a woman, you know, you'll see this throughout the rest of this proverb, but about woman, the woman being willing to work and I, I love the value of work. I grew up on a farm. And so I was taught the value of work at a young age. And I love working. I I like getting my hands dirty and just it's very satisfying to just expend energy to do some something good with your hands. Uh, I'm not sure I'm sure there's more into that verse than what I see, but being willing to work. I love that a woman, a virtuous woman will do that, isn't afraid to work.
0: I like that, too. And I like the little parabolic, if that's even a word, effect to a lot of these, especially Mm -hmm. here with 14. She is like the merchant ship. She brings Mm -hmm. her food from afar. Uh, She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. Um, These images are, I think, picturesque. Um, I can imagine my own rising up in the night and giving me comfort um being there for me um and i I don't know this this is a funny thought with the merchant ships but and a lot of animal kingdom kind of things it's it's the it's the female that goes and and brings the food from afar um but in in our kind of context where things are supposed to be equally shared i think that could also mean spiritual food so Mm -hmm. While the husband, uh, whoever is the breadwinner, but th- just using that as an example, if the husband is going out and getting the meat um, so the family can have sustenance. She is also going out and, and bringing truth to her household and, and taking care of her household. And I feel like verse 16, if you want to touch on that one too, Carly, is, mm-hmm. details women's wisdom, but I'll, I'll let you lead off on that. Sure.
1: Sure. She considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands, she planteth a vineyard. Yes, I I love the imagery of that. You know, you think of a vineyard. That there, there is so much within just the vineyard. You know, within the scriptures, but a vineyard is, to me, is like a a, a large, not a small area. It's a large area, and it has so much potential to do so much good. And so her, I don't know, the fruit of her hands, the the things that she's working hard to do to serve others, to to do God's work has such a far an impact on so many people, or at least it, it can. And I love that. She considereth a field. I mean, you know, we could dissect this, but each word, but I love that, that, you know, I think of considering a field, you know, imagining, you know, a woman, this, this large area and she, this land, and she's not afraid of it. She, she, uh, she's active in Doing this great task, you know, and willing to just to work and the benefits of all of her efforts to do this work has, can bless so many people. Um, I love that thought the the power of what a righteous woman can do is goes far beyond just what's directly in front of her of her own children but has really the the power to bless generations so i think of that in that verse i don't know if that was goes along with anything you've (laughs) i think it goes
0: everything that that i've said so um (laughs) and i i think everything you said too covers basically verses 17 through 20 and i'll read them um, briefly here, she girdeth her loins with strength And strengthen her, strengtheneth her arms She perceiveth that her Merchandise is good, her candle goeth out, Not out by night, I think we could Talk about verse 18 a lot She layeth her hands to the spindle And her hands hold the distaff All of that when it comes to work She stretches out her hand to the poor Yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy Everything you're talking about um, Goes along with that I like um, this one-liner Here in verse 21 She's not afraid of the snow for her household. And I kind of read that as she's not afraid of the drama. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she, she is, she's very much involved. Um, and she, and I'm, I'm, like I said, I don't know how to super interpret this verse, but the next part for all of her household are clothed with scarlet. And there's so much of deepness in the word clothed um, in, in that verse. And then then I think the it takes a different twist from that verse and on in my opinion.
1: Let's see in verse, try me to start with 22. Yeah. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. <laughs> I, I've wondered about that verse. I think of. You know, the color purple silk, there is an association with royalty. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, tapestry, that is not some little thing that that represents something more, I don't know, I I can't think of the right word, but of of royalty. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I it probably represents something figurative, but I wonder if there's even like a progression through this Proverbs um, through this proverb that as she she does these things and she recognizes her value in herself and what how much goodness she can bring then she starts to recognize her royalty and connection with god i i mean i could be wrong i don't know but i think when you when you start to strengthen and recognize that connection you have with god and that's where your value comes from with that relationship you realize i am a daughter of a king i am royalty and I love and respect myself enough to see where I came from and where God knows I can be. And I don't know. That's what I think of with, with that. Maybe you had a different interpretation. No, of no, person. no.
0: I, I, um, I I really love that imagery that you just put together. Um, and like I said, there, there could be various ways we could take <laughs> this mm-hmm. conversation mm-hmm. But I think whichever way you take it, and this is just an interesting thought, it's all going to come back to what you said. Because eventually any and all of it, anything at all, is going to go back to this is who I am and this is where I'm going. Um, 23, um, her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. I think you could have a long lengthy conversation about that one too because it's 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 very much tied to reputation but it's also very much tied to your spiritual reputation. Um and I'm not just talking about here uh, on earth. I'm talking about before and after. That's what it sounds like to me. Um and then Just skipping over to verse 25, strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. And 26, she openeth her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the law of kindness. 27, she looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Uh, If you don't mind reading 28 and 29 for us, Carly.
1: Yes. Yes. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all.
0: So correct me if I'm wrong, um, Carly, but I don't know. I feel like if if if, if people focus on our on our four questions and focus on their progression, as, as you've referenced. Taking 29 really personally, I think, would really change the way we think about ourselves. Because this entire time, someone, someone, whether it's Solomon, David, the spirit talking to a prophet, is giving us this list, right? But then I think, just a little secretly there, very softly, You are the most excellent. Just, I'm just throwing that out there. Just a food for thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yes. I could talk about these, you know, two verses for a long time. I definite, definitely have personal connection with verse 28. You know, coming from my uh, position as a mother of four children and I love that thought that if my children, as they grow, they will be so grateful for what they were, the the environment they were in, that they were raised in, that they're grateful to have, you know, truth and the light of God and his word, a part of so much, a part of their life that they, you know, it's not that as the mother or the woman that I need validation or that I rely on that, you know, that, that praise, I don't seek goodness for praise of others, but there's still, oh, I, I just, I love that, you know, children loving their mother for how, how they or you know how the mother raised them that's that just comes from just a place of so much love and gratitude and it has a definite connection as i learn more about the priesthood i love that topic too but my role as a woman and within priesthood the power that god has given me there is a strong connection with women and teaching her children truth and raising them up unto God. And it's, it is within our role, of course, you know, men too, but I love that. And I feel, I definitely feel like that, that desire to do the same for my own children and, find what God has in mind for me of how I can magnify that role. And yes, verse 29, I love many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. You know, as you, I guess as me in recent years, for me personally, I have started to disassociate what I do with who I am. And, you can do a lot of good, but it doesn't increase my value of as a person. Of course, we want to do good, and I'm trying to do a lot of good. But I don't know. Maybe I'm reading into it too much, and that's not the message of this verse. Many daughters are doing good things, but when you start to see for yourself what that looks like, of who you are, and your value is far beyond rubies, anything that the world can offer, that that is where God wants you to be, that is how you can progress, instead of having a, a, a damning or a stop that won't allow you to get any farther, because at some point you can't always do good or you make mistakes and you can't always do everything right all the time. And so associating your value with doing good um, isn't going to get you far when you, you know, and, and I, you build up a lot of shame with yourself when you can't do as much good. I'm probably reading to that verse wrong, but I love the, that, that, idea that you of, of excel excelling beyond far beyond what may be others, but it's not a matter of I'm trying to be better than anyone else. It's It's very much my connection, my relationship with God and with my Savior. And that helps me to become the best person that I can be. And it's not there's no competition, or comparing in that sense. It's a very personal relationship. So that's the way I look at it. Because if we're trying to um, elevate ourselves above others, that one could read verse 29 and think that, but that just doesn't even feel right, that that's what God wants us to think, that we're trying to be more excellent than someone else. So I don't know. What do you think? Do, I, do you feel like I'm off base on that?
0: I don't feel like you're off base. Um, I was I was more reading it as uh, in a different way in the sense of God speaking to you personally. Uh, mm-hmm. That's how I read it, as if God is saying, well, wait, hold on a second, but I'm talking about you right now. Uh, but mm-hmm. I also like how you've explained it, uh, because I think it, it ties in perfectly with verse 31. I'm skipping 30 on purpose because I feel like we've explained that a lot in in this uh, great conversation that we've had. But at the end of 31, it says, and let her own works praise her in the gates. Now, we can read too much into the word praise Uh, Can use the word praise, but I'm thinking of something else entirely. That when she arrives at those pearly gates, heavenly gates, whatever you want to call them. Her works, your works, my works, but uh, as we focus on women here, those works are not only going to be praised, but they're going to speak for themselves um, when it comes to entering or returning um, into God's presence. And so, I think there's a deeper message here that is often overlooked and we've hinted to that and, and 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 you've added a lot of um your voice to that conversation which I'm very grateful of because there's just so much that I think that's been really misconstrued with this with this particular um section in scripture and so I'm so very happy that I've been able to have at least a very peroration about it with you um and here with um, with the audience of, of Mountain Peaks theology um, and without more praising towards you Carly is could you leave us with with your final thoughts or your testimony um as we conclude this this episode
1: Yes, sure you know i've I've thought about you know this at least that we've spent a lot of our discussion time on proverbs thirty one i I have spent a lot of time thinking about this and pondering it and desiring for more knowledge, more light. I, you know, for me personally and individually, where, what, what does my future look like? And I, is there more out there that God needs me to know and learn? And I realize. Yes, there is much more that he wants me to learn. And I look at our society and that we live in and women and the image of women and what the world looks as good and what God looks as good. And I've thought about it throughout time of how, you know, there's been a lot of oppression, suppression of women. And there is so much goodness and power that I think women don't know how to access or even realize that it's there. And I think it's doing our communities and our society a disservice by women, not recognizing the power that they have not in a god or in a worldly view of power but in a godly sense of the power to do so much good and i think that women's voices need to be heard more but it's not going to come until women come from a place of strength and true like honesty, integrity within themselves of that connection they have with God. And I I am grateful that we, and I mean myself, have the ability to receive more light, more knowledge, and can learn so much more than what we think where we're at right now. There's more that we can learn. And even from the scriptures i i'm just very grateful to have god's word to my access to our access if we humble ourselves turn to him and allow ourselves to be teachable to challenge maybe thoughts we've had in the past that have limited us from learning new things and I'm just, I'm so grateful that I have been given many tools, that we have been given many tools of having the Spirit with us as we seek God, having His Word in the Scriptures, and having those go together so we can be taught. And I'm, I'm just grateful for that, and I'm grateful for the potential we all have if we seek him. And um, I'm just, I, I love the scriptures and I love my savior and acknowledge I'm nothing without him. I i try to tell myself that every day, like, or tell that to God, like, I can't get through a day without you. I have to have your mercy, your love in my life and recognizing your hand. I, I just can't live without it. And I always need you with me. And As I've learned to, or as I'm trying to rely more on him, I realize life is so much better (laughs) and I can get through hard things and it's, it's a better way to live. And so anyways, I, those are just some ending thoughts and I'm grateful I had the opportunity to, you know, discuss and learn in the scriptures with you. It's one of my favorite things to do. So thank you, Alma, for this opportunity.
0: Well, you you are very welcome, and and we hope we can have you on again. Um, I foresee uh, this episode um, impacting a lot of people. So I I do thank you, and I do appreciate you for your time. Uh, I thank all of you for listening. Uh, This has been a great um, installment, another installment of Mountain Peaks Theology, here with uh, Carly, and as my grandfather always says, may God bless you.